This is Talk It Over, the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. Make the time to subscribe. Now let's pull back those sheets. Can we talk about the relationships? Can we talk it over, see how we can build? Only you and I know that's the way it goes. In this big old bed, the talk it over show. Talk it over. It's your man, K.I. from Bed-Stuy with another podcast. Uh, this is Talk It Over. Talk It Over is the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. And I have some amazing special guests. I have actually a first-timer. Um, so we're actually really excited to come aboard. We got a hot topic today. Let's see. We have all the way live from Brazil, uh, Carolyn. Is that correct? Did I pronounce it correct? Nearly. Caro. Caro. <laughs> it's like Carol. Yeah. Right. Hello, everyone. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you for, for, for joining us. I hope you find something of value here that would have you come back and share uh, your perspective um, about dating and relationships. Uh, let's see who else we got. We got Sasha in the building. Hey. Priviat, Sasha. How are you? Hey, guys. Happy to be back. Doing well. That's what's up. And let's see. Oh, my God. I got my main man, Changa Bell, in the building. Changa, what it do? Ooh, I just had a sneeze and fit. I had to mute that <laughs> microphone. I was <laughs> ah. I sounded like a little engine in here. I was like, I hope you don't call on me next. I'm good. Other than that brief uh, allergy attack just now. Right on. How, how's everybody's family doing so far? Yeah. yeah. Good. That's what's up. And, of course, last but most certainly not least, Big O keeping you in the know. Big O, what's yo, up? Yo, yo, yo. Yes, sir. Doing good. Doing good as always. I'm actually with my family now. I went ahead and pulled the trigger and said, enough of this COVID mess. I got to come down and see folks. So uh, yes. I'm in North Carolina as we speak. Beautiful. Thanks, Anna Carolina. Or Carol, excuse me. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. That's what's up. Look, the other day, oh, it was really good to see you uh there's a was it instagram i believe we saw uh yeah 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 holding your nephew yeah first first nephew um and he's he's been here he's four months old and i'm just now meeting him and uh he got you know as soon as everything kind of closed down he popped out i was like y'all not gonna y'all not gonna leave me out of this i know that's and right. uh you know so it's, it's good to finally finally meet my nephew that's um yeah, I, uh, I I love to I love children. I, I call them ugly all the time. Of course, as as you all know, I call all kids ugly, but because the reality is that they're adorable, and your nephew was no different. I love to see. Um, it was a real good image to see you holding the baby. I, that made me feel really good. Um, so, are you guys ready for the feel good story today? Although although you know, seeing Big O holding the baby was a feel good story. Um, are we ready for yeah, it's actually one? a video, but you can, yeah, it's a video. It's not just a picture. So it's just, yeah, video. That's it's a right. Short, it's a, yeah. It's a short clip. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, I love to see that. Um, so are we ready for the feel good story today? 
Yes, bring it Let's on. do this. Yeah, so so um, we usually do a feel-good story of the day to kind of uh, rally the, uh, the team around one common thread that gets us all started so we can get into this show because we may do battle. After we get the feel-good story off the deck, we may, we may lock horns. And uh, what you drinking, uh, Caroline? What you got? Is that a cold one? Yes, it's an IPA. I like it. Local Brazilian craft beer. You're definitely going to have to have you back on the show. <laughs> All right, so we're about to jump in with the feel-good story today. This one I really, really like. Um, and uh, Big O, it comes out of your hometown of North Kakilaki. So, non non-profit uh, flips abandoned prisons into sustainable farms with the help of at-risk youth and jobless veterans. Okay, on the grounds of an abandoned and decommissioned prison in North Carolina, vegetables are being tended by hands that if not for the opportunity to learn the world's oldest occupation, I thought hooking was. Okay, but that's good to know. Um, the, the world's oldest occupation might have ended up in a real prison with nowhere to go but down. Uh, and so, and I'm not going to go into the full details, but yeah, this, this decommissioned prison in North Carolina has now turned this uh, facility into a farm. So if you want to read more about it, uh, it's uh, the goodnewsnetwork.org, right? And so I always go on here to find nice. most of my stories um, because we're constantly bombarded and inundated with terrible stories. But actually, part of that is our own choosing, right? Because we can actually find stories out there that have uh, a lot of meaning and value. And this was one of them, you know. So to be able to uh, take teens who are at risk and, and jobless veterans um, and other individuals who actually want to make a contribution, uh, a meaningful contribution to, to life, check out the story and maybe start some of um, your own organizations that are designed to cultivate and nurture people being the best that they can be. Um, and so that was the story that came out of North Carolina, non-for-profit flips abandoned prison into sustainable farm with the help of at-risk youth and jobless veterans. So with that said, we are gonna jump right in with the hot topic of the day, Big O. Give us what you know. Yes, yes, yes. I would be remiss, though. I got to bring big ups to North Carolina again. I know Leon somewhere yeah. listening, just hating on it, but that's all good. <laughs> um, <the to> <laughs> well, I know he hears this. So, uh, but yeah, the topic, the topic of today, how to address sensitive issues. And I think this is going to be a really, really, really good one because we all uh, at one point or another, even still assume that the way we address sensitive issues cannot be improved or it's just the way we the way we act or the way we behave and that the person we are now uh, should be accepted um, in the relationship without sometimes self-reflecting and realizing that the way we went about something could have been done better. Oh, boy. Yes. You know, I, also, I, know I want to right clarify. Off. No, no, go ahead. Because I was just, I was just going to say, what are we talking about when we say sensitive issues? Because that's that's a big one, right? We are we talking like just hey, you voting for Biden or Trump? Is that a sensitive issue? Are we going to bring that into the house, 
are we going deep deeper where it's just like hey um or even are we going back as far as like past trauma you know those are sensitive issues to some people absolutely let's look let's let's see what comes up you know let's let's roll the dice and see what comes up we have some really good uh look you know my disclaimer is that none of us are subject matter experts right on dating and relationships right but we are experienced so we we are fully capable of sharing our experiences as it pertains to dating and relationships. And I know we have some good uh, guest co-hosts on who will be more than happy to share um, some of their experiences. I'm immediately look at Changa um, uh, in, in regards to uh, being able to deal with sensitive uh, issues and, and like, when do you bring them up? How do you bring them up? Um, if at all. Right. Uh, and so, you know, feel free, uh, anybody to, to jump right in and, and, and give us what you got. Since, since you pointed me out, I'll, I'll go ahead. I mean, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sort of a certified asshole. I just believe in <laughs> truth just to say it. So, you know, if your breath stinks, I'd rather say, hey, your breath stinks. Um, and I, I hope I get the same. I always ask. Uh, to have that reciprocated because I'd hate to be, you know, talking metaphorically, talking with spinach in my teeth. So if I have a body odor or if I'm not bringing it up to par in the bedroom, whatever it is, you know, that could be sensitive, your sexual performance. So whatever it is, I I would, uh, I try to be forthright so that I can have that same uh, forthright conversation in return. So, you know, that's pretty much how I do it. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, that. That's more of a direct approach. Some people, you know, not not that direct. They're not that confrontational. So you might not get that message. You might just get get past a stick of gum, or you know, uh, after the, after the bedroom activity, she's just breaking out a good book <laughs> and go or going back into the living room to fix some some food. So so inside, I think inside of uh, of dating and recording and, and dating the early stages of relationship, um, these these things should like be a part a main uh, vein in terms of having discussions, right? Bef- just as you're getting to know someone, I think that this is essential, right? How do you how do we address uh, sensitive issues? How do we resolve conflict? You know, I know that I've I've asked you know, women before, you know, like, how do you resolve conflict? And give me, give me an example of maybe, let's say the last time that you, you either had to deal with a sensitive issue or conflict inside of dating and courting. Uh, like, give me an example of how you handle that. Right. Cause those, those things, those things are really important. Go ahead, Changa. No, I was going to say, I want to say real quick too, because a lot of times we don't know what a sensitive issue is. It's sort of a, a, a trigger. Right. And when you hit it, you know, that's when you, you know, find out, oh, this is a sensitive issue. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of times we don't know something is a problem until it's a problem. Right. And so one of the reasons that created uh, Talk It Over the podcast and ultimately the dating show was to really be able to have conversations about things that you never really think about until they're a problem. Right. Yeah, so, I I really like you brought that up, Naz, and Chenga mentioned, but I think you always started really well saying, well, how do we define a sensitive issue, right? Yeah. And I feel the first one is like if you are dating someone long-term or serious or want to be in a more long-term relationship, addressing 
how you like to communicate, right? Because we do have different communication styles as we do have different ways of handling with conflict. But like Chenga was saying, like he tends to be, it seems a direct communicator, right? And some people do not respond well to that, right? And there are, I would say, different ways of being genuine and forthcoming. And when you're getting to know someone, we tend to project and feel like the person communicates or likes to communicate, treat others like you like to be treated, right? Uh, but sometimes someone is so different from us and being in a relationship is learning how the other person is, right? So kind of practicing, I like to call it the platinum room, like treat others how they would like to be treated, right? Maybe I like direct communication style and I like someone to come straight forward, but maybe the other person would prefer if I touch it on the topic in a more indirect way, let's say, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What, what say you, Sasha? You got anything? Well, do I ever? <laughs> um, so I agree with Cara's um, standpoint in general, but let's, if we could just sort of rewind a little bit and talk about communicating with purpose. And um, because there are different ways or different, I would say, stages in the dating or courting trajectory where sensitive issues would ultimately result in different outcomes, right? So if we're early on, um, are we communicating or talking about them with the purpose of discovering red flags and uh, deal breakers, right? Or are we far enough into the relationship uh, where those, as we like to call them, <laughs> core values have already been cleared. And now it's, oh, okay, you have a cavity. Your breath has not been the freshest, right? Uh, because there's like a, there's a big difference. It's a sensitive, it, it's a topic that a person easily can take offense to. I mean, I would, but clearly a direct approach is the, like, the best way because that will be uh, earned for your partner's or your partner's mental health, well-being, love you. But if we're drooling out early on, are you like voting for the KKK or do you believe in like not saving any money or do you Sasha. Hello? Did I Yes. Yeah, I, I, we you dropped for a second, but but that's good. I wanted to ask you, can you can you explain or define what communicating with the purpose is for for our for the listeners who don't know what that means? Um can well, you explain and, and even help me explain like what does that mean um in the context of the the question? Well, it's basically communicating for a desired outcome. Right. Mm -hmm. So that you're not just laying out your message and then um, sort of projecting that onto your partner, but you actually want something to come of it. So right. you have a clear purpose, a clear objective in mind. Sure. Right. So you're willing to go through the steps. You're willing to listen. Right. Not just uh, state your piece and keep it moving. Right. Um, Right. Because, because you want sort of, you want some sort of change or you want some sort of 
behavior right on the other end of everything okay um right when you're done with that communication so one one more i kind of want to bring sort of one more side to this and in a relationship different setups work for different people right so um maybe you move as a union and you always want to be on the same page and that works for a lot of people but if you sort of move in parallel to one another and your energy your setup is different like you don't have to constantly be together you're slightly different and you just sort of overlap on things here and there uh, and that works for you that is also a valid setup right so i think that all of that together uh, affects the way that we communicate really any topics but sensitive topics as well like so. like, like uh, you know what one of the things that came to mind uh with uh what you were saying changa is um like I would say time or place matters, right? And being able to discuss sensitive issues. You know, if you know, you're a mixed company and you're like, baby, look, <laughs> your breath is kicking. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're bound to have, that's bound to be met with some resistance, right? So then the context of mm-hmm. delivering that message. But then uh, what, what happens if, if those sensitive issues need to be addressed inside of a moment? Right. Like maybe maybe waiting to have a conversation later isn't going to do like you might need to address some things sooner than later. Right. So so one of the things that I always I always lacked and I've been working on and I'm in my mid 50s now is, uh, you know, people would always say you lack decorum. You know, you just say whatever comes right off the top of that stupid head of yours. And here it comes out of your mouth. And, you know, and I and and I never thought thought about giving thought or giving rise to, I I just thought, hey, I'm speaking the truth or my truth um, and giving that information as I see it, as it needs to come out, right? So, but I've I've, uh, been doing a lot of introspective work over the years and I look back and I realize, you know, part of it is hereditary. Like my family, they're just how they talk. Um, But the other part is really taking the time to be sensitive to uh, how other people may feel um, in any given moment, in any given situation, right? I can speak my truth all day, um, but my truth isn't always other people's truths and may cause, um, that may cause problems, right? So how do you address that inside of a sensitive issue, right? So you have to Mm. be sensitive to uh, context, time, place, individual right. how people right. want to be spoken to um how you want to be spoken to you know check, check the temperature of the room yeah te- you know I, but i'm like for me personally i'm like look tell me what you got to tell me like if you want to be my friend just go ahead and give me the information as it comes down the pipe and let me process it however i need to process it but that's usually um with people that we have spent uh, a large amount of time around and they know they can do that Right. I, yeah. I think it does. I yeah. Think being forthright doesn't necessarily mean not being loving. So I think, right. uh, you know, right. yes, you know, uh, James Baldwin is one of my heroes, yes. always very forthright, a very good communicator. And I doubt that he was uh, checking temperature in the room. I doubt that he was yeah. always 
uh, trying to be empathetic of what was going on. He was just speaking. Yes, I think I think being loving and speaking your own truth is all that we can really expect because I'll never know what's going on with another person. But, you know, I can certainly be respectful of that reflection once it comes back. Like, hey, that hurt my feelings. Yes. And then, then, you know, I would never, uh, you know, push that button, so to speak, once I learn it's a button. But always I just try to be loving. And I think calling myself a self-proclaimed asshole was sort of what you, it's just a nod to what you were saying, uh, Nas, is that often that isn't seen as loving. We live in a, a Western culture is very passive aggressive. Yes. Uh, we're supposed to beat around the bush. There's a lot of political correctness and things like that. Uh, but, you yeah. know, that, that sometimes can over intellectualize a simple, uh, a much more simpler conversation than being a Gemini, you know, of the God of Mercury, a communicator, you know, all those things. I, I definitely talk too much and uh, <laughs> and give my opinion too much. But it, it, I, I think Sasha uh, alluded to it. Just really is the culture of who you're creating, like that sort of acceptance. I have a very small tribe of people who are, are forthright with me and I'm forthright with them. And, you know, maybe maybe my tribe could be bigger if I was a little more considerate. <laughs> but uh, it, then it probably would so me my tribe. Let, let me ask, because something you said that I thought was very, very, uh, a very good point, very striking is especially here, like you said, in the Western culture, we a lot of. Uh, times we kind of have to watch our tongue sometimes, especially depending on your position. Like celebrities this day and age can't say anything wrong uh, before some coalition or some uh, body gets their panties in a bunch. But even on a smaller scale, right, if that's how we're taught to communicate or if that's um, kind of what we're socialized to accept, I want to I want to read off a list of common mistakes that uh, was given to us by our lovely producer, Anna, Anna Banana. Um, and this is coming from a relationship coach, Dr. Susan Edelman. And, and I want to do this twofold purposes. One, to kind of give people uh, kind of a, a, a construct of how if they find themselves not being able to communicate effectively and they keep butting their heads up against the wall because maybe the way they're doing it is rubbing someone wrong. These are some things that they can take away to kind of look at and see, can they develop within their own uh, communication style? And then the second part is also to just check with, with everybody on here, whether or not they agree or feel like this may be overstepping. You may be coddling too much or trying to, uh, it's too formulaic and people aren't able to adapt uh, necessarily to all of these, these rules. Um, but I'll, I'll just go ahead. The communication mistakes, common communication mistakes in relationships can be uh, the tone of voice, whether you're yelling and screaming. And I know in some cultures, yelling and screaming is just a form of passion, right? That's how they express themselves. Yeah. Uh, another common mistake, choosing the wrong time. And you talked about that now. It's like, how do you know when to be direct or, or, or uh, way to be and find the right moment? Yes. Um, apologizing too much. The silent treatment, um, speaking in absolutes, shoulds and shouldn'ts, um, making assumptions. And that's, I mean, that's huge. Uh, not asking for what you actually need is another one. Not bringing up the issue and waiting until it becomes a big problem. And we talked about that in an earlier podcast, how little things, if we don't kind of take care of them right away, they can fester and grow and become big things. 
um, showing disinterest or not listening. And if you're not listening, you're not communicating. Um, and also not willing to change. Um, and I think that's kind of the death nail of any relationship, not just a romantic relationship. I think that's a death nail of any relationship, not willing to change and you're just being static in who you are. There's again, there's a time and place to hold your ground on certain values. And there's a time and place to look back and see, is there an opportunity to, to grow in retrospect? Um, so I open that up. I, I think these are good rules, but again, um, not everything applies in every situation and not every person or culture necessarily has to adopt any of these rules um, because their communication style might be, might be different. Their culture might be different, but I wanted to just bounce that around and see what, if anybody, if anything I listed off, did a strike a chord or a nerve where it's like, I don't know if I would tell anybody that they should or should adopt, should or shouldn't adopt uh, any of these rules or common mistakes. Rather, I think they're all. I think they're all fair, and 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 you know, there's there's value in it. Now, who, where, where did you get this from, um, Big O? Where where the information come from for the listeners? Yeah, they lose you. Okay, here here's one. What about um, uh, what role in being able to have uh, conversations about sensitive issues in different forms of relationships? Let's say business relationships. How how does does uh, gender play a role? Does race play a role? Right? Do those things play a role in um, individuals being able to? address or speak to sensitive issues like I, I would I would open it up to to the ladies in terms of gender um, and let's say in your professional environment um, do you feel as though um, uh, gender has uh, any basis in um, being able to uh, communicate or an inability to communicate um, sensitive issues in a in let's say a work relationship I would say that um, gender parity is still a struggle in a lot of industries. Um, it's still not where it should be. Mm -hmm. Certain strides, certain um, organizations have made strides toward maybe acknowledging the problems, uh, be that um, gender, uh, related problems or maybe cultural lack of uh, diversity and leadership or lack of inclusion. Um, and I think that we're still really far away from sort of a completely open and transparent uh, workplace. Mm -hmm. Now, I can only speak from a corporate experience. I don't know uh, other industries. I don't know. Maybe younger startup industries are a little bit different because a lot of them have been started by, again, younger people that have grown up with the message of um, gender parity being important, you know, inclusivity being important. And uh, hopefully they have paid attention to building a workplace that is um, healthier. But yeah. if we're talking about sort of these like 
old school corporate, you know, financial oh, institutions right. or what have you, uh, they still have a long way to go. Primarily because they're size wise, they're just so huge and there's a lot of moving parts and departments and management, middle management and layers and layers and layers of everything. So you have to create kind of a black and white policy that you abide by where any deviation from that is not um, tolerated. And I don't think that's a risk that a lot of companies are yet willing to take. Some have, right? Like there have been steps toward that. But, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a, there's, there's a learning curve there, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I clearly cannot speak from a personal experience um, in terms of inclusivity for uh, people of color. I could only imagine that's even more complicated. Um, but, yeah, so... From a gender a gender standpoint, uh, in a corporate environment, we still have a lot of uh, a lot of things to accomplish. So, I don't know, Carol, yeah. get a, yeah. give us a Brazil version. Uh, of this. Well, uh, I work from Brazil, but I work for for a US based nonprofit, uh, which generally is quite progressive, and we work globally, uh, and we do work precisely with intercultural education. So supposedly everyone is very self-aware about diversity issues, about inclusion, and we try to practice what we preach, right? But even so, uh, we do have a lot of unconscious bias, right? And sometimes I realize some of my male colleagues, men, planning things to me, right? Uh, and yeah, and still in a very progressive environment, uh, feeling sometimes uh, undermined. And even if I look at the leadership of the organization I work for, right, it's much less women and people of color in the board of directors uh, and in the leadership of the organization. So if you, there's still a long way to go and that reflects on uh, on re- communication in the work environment as well. But in terms of um, uh, those rules that O was mentioning, I do feel that that applies to so many different environments, right? And communicating so many different ones. And uh, I don't know, what I try to practice a lot in all all my relationships, uh, work relationships, and in my uh, personal relationship as well. Uh, I haven't been with my partner for so long, but we moved in together right in quarantine, which has been a great test in uh, our relationship, living together since March during a pandemic. Uh, But I do feel a lot of things there, right? Not um, like listening for me is the first one. It's so important when you're dealing with any kind of sensitive issue. Uh, any sensitive topic and really like practice active listening right for me that's really important Uh, and like trying to understand where the person is coming from for me uh, also what we were saying like it's so hard to make generalizations in the sense because it really depends uh, where you're at if you just start dating someone if you're far down the line and in the work environment if it's someone new to the team or someone you've been working for in many years or many projects. So building trust, I feel it's also a very important element uh, when communicating about sensitive topics in these different settings as well. Uh, So, yeah, I would say... 
Yeah. So many variables. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can I ask Carol something? Because something she said made me, you know, want to get clarification, not just for myself, but also for the listeners. Um, she said, you know, uh, in her work environment that, you know, sometimes she finds the male colleagues are doing unnecessary, what she said, mansplaining. And I'm not sure a lot of people actually know what that means just yet. And even as a male, like even like, you know, they say when you think you have it, you don't have it. Right. If you think you got it, you don't got it. And I'm sure that I am also guilty of doing that as well, because like you said, those unconscious, un, unconscious biases where you don't realize um, that you're you're doing said thing. So, if, yeah, if you don't mind, Carol, just explain or, you know, if you don't mind, could you give us an example of like what mansplaining is and how someone can avoid that in their communication style? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of research in that, and sometimes it's just it might be personality, but in my experience, it tends to be more common uh, men that sometimes don't have the same knowledge that women have, trying to explain to them things that they have more knowledge or more awareness about. Sometimes it's very subtle in a condescending tone or just taking over the word and then letting the woman talk as much as the man. And there's a lot of research in that as well, right? That shows that men tend in conversations to take over greater percentage of the conversation than women. Really? Um, yeah, I wouldn't know the numbers by heart, but yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in that, yeah. And also like what I experience sometimes, which is much more common with my male colleagues than with my female colleagues is... Uh, sometimes you just said something and the other person tends to be a man, says the same thing in other words and as if they, it was their idea. And yes. like, I never take it. I say to my colleagues, but I just said that. That was my idea. <laughs> so yes. that's something that it might happen in other circumstances, but it still tends to be more common when it's uh, uh, men towards women, right? Yeah, no. Um, so, so big O. Uh, so, uh, for our listeners, this is Talk It Over. Talk It Over is the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed, and we have a really good topic. Um, oh, what are we? What are we talking about? What What's the question for today? Yeah, the question for today is uh, how to how to address sensitive issues in the scope of dating and relationship or any relationship uh, beyond. Yeah. Um, something that, that I want to bring up, and this is this was a study that I, I had read that I found interesting a long, long time ago. I wish I could find it. I do a lot of reading, and sometimes, you know, the information I take, I don't remember what book or article I got it from. So in this brain, there's a lot of interesting stuff that I could never go back and figure out where the source came from. Um, but something that I thought was interesting, and I would love to get Sasha and Carol's opinion on this, because we're talking about communication. And I think one thing that we have left out of today's discussion is the socialization of male and female communication styles, right? The way that men, that males are, are brought up in this Western civilization versus the way females are brought up and the different communication styles that are born out of that social uh, socialization, one of the things, and, and we could do like a mini experiment right now with, with Nas and Changa uh, and Sasha and Carol. So when you're in a relationship or in your past relationships, Nas and, and Changa, if your significant other came to you and said, um, we need to talk, right? <laughs> What's the, probably the most immediate reaction 
that you think of the immediate uh, thought that you have in your head. If you hear those words, we need to talk. Trouble. What do you think? There's trouble, trouble. in paradise. Trouble immediately. Trouble right yeah. now. Now I want to ask Sasha and Carol, Carol, if, uh, if your significant other came to you and said, Hey, we need to talk. Hold on. Chang, would is, you agree? What we, you nodded, but the, the listeners can't, can't hear that. What, what would you? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm getting butterflies when I hear that. <laughs> okay, okay. So that's a that's a visceral response. Yeah. So now to Sasha and, and Carol, if your significant other came up to you and said, "Hey, we we need to talk." What's the immediate the most immediate response or thought that you have when you hear those words? I mean, I have to honestly say that I probably think that he has some incurable disease. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Um, and Carol, you have a well. Well, this is much more my personality, but I would think, oh, what did I do wrong? <laughs> that would be my first thing, okay. which I don't think it's very typical. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I wanted to do that is because this article alluded to the visceral, the very physiological response difference between males and females when they presume that a uh, difficult conversation or a challenging conversation is about to take place. And what they, they actually studied, they hooked people up to all these monitors and mm-hmm. ran these scenarios. And what they found was that physiologically speaking, whenever uh, the diff- one of the major differences between the male's physiological response and the female's physiological response when faced with like a challenging conversation, males' heart rates go up a lot quicker and a lot higher. The women are able to stay even and calm uh, in, in the same scenario. And guys, when they hear, we need to talk, it's alarms go off, right? You're preparing for battle. You're like, uh-oh, let me, let me start recalling what I did in the past 72 yeah. hours yeah. and let me get ready, you know, let me get ready for this, this war that's about to happen. And so that colors, all that already colors how you're going to respond before she even opens her mouth on whatever it is the subject Yeah, because we versus, know we did something, we just don't remember what it was, but y'all know, but, the ladies know. But what yeah, they're saying they're is, like, <laughs> it, could be, it could be something mundane. It could have something to do totally nothing with the relationship. We need to talk could be something that's saying, hey, yeah, I got okay. a job offer. I got a job offer that's going to require me to work longer hours or I got uh, a trip plan and I really want you to go. But I know that you are busy with work. It could be something that has totally. But see, just that you've proven the point that even just hearing those words. I'm here to prove the point. <laughs> uh, and so what they're saying is that that is a social constructed response. Uh-huh. They're saying that males have, as you know, when you grow up, like are are because of the directness and sometimes the confrontational communication style and even though we may you know we may get along with each other we may be boys but the way we communicate can be very direct can be very confrontational like I, you know what you, you you're bugging or you know you know get out of here you know the words that we choose can be sometimes if we're not on that level somebody on the outside looking in could think oh there's about to be a fight. And so they're saying that socially speaking, females choose their words a lot more carefully. Um, and that when they are coming up with, you know, a challenge or, or they're not as combative in the words that they choose. Right. It's not such a, a, a combative stance. And well, so I felt. Also, look, so socially speaking, 
women remember everything. <laughs> that's, I, I disagree. I, that's I actually social, disagree yeah. with that. I was going to say, I don't okay. know if that's a social well, thing. Well, that's yeah, a, I think like that's a stereotype you're throwing yeah, out you're there. Yeah, you're speaking in Let me put it like this. <laughs> Women remember everything that happened in that relationship. She might not remember everything, but she going to remember mm-hmm. stuff that happened in that relationship. And she I disagree. You're you breaking know. one of the communication mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> you're making a communication Look, mistake now. You can and disagree, I, I, Sasha. That's cool. We all right. We can have disagreements. But um, look, I'm speaking from my experience. Women will remember all about it. And when they need to dial it up with the we need to talk, the male may not know where she going with this. Well, I'm all right. I'm, I got to say, Nas, I'm the opposite in this relationship. My wife don't remember diddly, but I remember everything. So I'm <laughs> yes, same, same exact setup with mine. Oh. I forget immediately, and I call it cups because cups of things come out months later, and I'm like, you've been holding on to these Look. cups, right? And that's cool. Speci- okay, so. So, well, I forgot my boyfriend's birthday and I planned a trip with my girlfriends during his wow. birthday. So I'm very forgettable. And that became a sensitive issue when I forgot his birthday and went away to Carnival in Rio with my girlfriends. Oh, my God. That, that's, that's good. That's good, man. Yeah. Look, so so which is making my point. So you ladies are the exception to the rule. And most instances, we know, look, Sasha, you got on me because you're like, oh, no, that ain't true. But, you know, you know, generally speaking, that the ladies remember everything. And that's OK. That's not a bad thing. But a woman will remember things that we don't remember about. And so when that conversation is we need to talk, our brain immediately goes. It could be anything. It could be from A to Z. It could be something she saw last year that I did or said and dialed it up right now. So, yeah, with that, we need to talk is, you know. I think that's going to cut both ways. Yeah. Oh, it I can. I think it cuts look, both ways. I think. Of course it does. I think, uh, <laughs> think Karen's going to be not going to be able to, she's not going to be able to live that down for the next couple of, couple of birthdays. Yeah, that's right. And now <laughs> I put in the chat box. I think getting we need to talk in a text is even worse. Oh that's, no, that's that's, that's really bad. I'm, that's really bad. I'm driving to the grocery store. I'm I'm not coming home. I'm just taking as long as I can. <laughs> so I Go like, back to the grocery uh, store. I forgot oh. something. <laughs> <laughs> so in the text, you say is it worse? I don't know. I think we we really have to listen to Carol and uh, and Sasha though, because uh, yeah. like I said, my wife's the same way. Uh, they, you know, I tend to be more petty. I think men, we might be more petty. We remember uh, my new stuff. I know what you're talking about, Nas, in terms of if you got a, a rap sheet that uh, <laughs> your, your significant other will, will bring up that rap sheet. Yeah. But I don't know what, it's been it's been different in my marriage. I don't have a rap sheet, uh, yeah. but I'm the I'm the petty one. I, I'm like Sasha said, I carry the cups, uh, like the Happy Buddha. <laughs> the Happy Buddha. That parable is like, oh, but you're still carrying that lady, you know, like. He, yeah. He's like, I let her go once I put her over the puddle. So um, I don't know. We, we could look at that a little bit closer. I think, man, we tend to be a lot more petty. I, I would agree with that because I think that if a woman uh, doesn't have a reason to remember things, she wouldn't. Like if she is not given a reason to pay such close attention to Gosh, what's going on. Face? You see my face, Yes. Right? 
I can't yes. see, but you see my face. Now I'm looking at you. Right <laughs> I'm looking right at you. <laughs> well, uh, you better the get listeners can't see your face, but <laughs> what I'm saying is that if there's no reason to remember, then we don't remember. That's all it, there is. And yes, the pettiness, that's more of like a personal, like an individual thing. It's not, you know, you, you're just going to remember like, oh my God, you ate the last piece of toast three months ago. Like So, so let me ask you this, Sasha. So let me yeah. ask you this, and this goes for everybody and Changa too, because so you say you if it's not something. No, 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 no. If you say like, all right, like you said, if it's not, if there's not something, uh, uh, if there's nothing to remember, then you guys, are, you won't remember it. But that's from your perspective, right? So what? How do you how do you justify that? If it's like, let's say you're in a relationship and you're you're significant others, like yo, this is the third, fourth time that I've brought this up, this issue up. And you're like, I don't remember. I don't remember. And then that little thing, because now it's like the fourth or fifth time. I'm going to keep increasing the number of times every time I say it. But uh, it's the fourth or fifth time. So hold on, hold on. Let me ask. So how would you, how do you argue that? Or how do you say, I don't remember those conversations? And how do you impart to that person that you're with that what they care about is important? If it's not important enough to remember, and I got to keep bringing it up. Right. You bring you're taking that out of context now. Okay, bring bring it bring it back. Bring me back. Right. Because what you're saying is that something is bothering my partner. My partner voiced his whatever opinion on that, and I chose to forget it or ignore it. That's a completely different situation. What we are talking about is that. I don't remember when, I don't know, he did something and, you know, whatever. I don't, I usually don't remember gifts. I usually, like, I forget things that maybe other women remember. I just, it, it, things like that don't matter. But I, I mean, I hold on to a watch. Like a birthday. Yeah. And, but Uh, that's That's what I was really more talking about, socially speaking, in terms of gender. Women typically tend to remember things that men just don't, like wedding anniversaries, right? Men usually, usually don't remember their wedding, the the date that they're married. You ask the couple of the two, when do we get married? The woman will be able to dial it up, date, time, this, that, and the other, what everybody did, so forth and so on. And the man is still trying to fumble with the date. Right. No. Well, I disagree because specifically in my case, and I've been married, it'll be 13 years this year. And I, to this day, every year, I was like, I don't know if it's the 17th, the 19th or the the 21st. It's one of those. But that's that. But uh, yeah, you're being specific, but I'm being general. When were you married? What's your marriage date? Who, who, Who remembers? Who remembers that you? Or, or Lady D. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say I'm going to break the the generalization again because my wife and I used to argue because I know exactly the day I met her and she don't remember. So, <laughs> Dang it, Dang it, you got to count. I remember meeting her June the 20th and she's like, "Was it June the 20th?" Like, and I count uh, being married the day that I met her, and I'm, I'm always a year ahead mm. and, and everything. So again, I, you know, I, I think. Sasha I think Tanger, y'all are unique and different. That's why y'all guest on. Nah, Nas, you still you, you behind Sasha, the times, Nas. I think oh, Sasha, behind the times. I think Sasha's point. True. 
I'm probably the oldest one on here, so I'm old fashioned, no question. But I, I, I'm gonna stick to my guns. Listen, I think. Hold listen. on, I think. I think Sasha's point is about so early in our relationship. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm sure she may not admit to it, but I'm sure my wife used to check my phone. And really? because I remember, I remember a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours, uh, a young lady who we went to school with. Who I, I had a little pressure on or whatever, but we were cool. Um, but I remember her checking, but. Had she, she probably checked a year down the road, two years down the road. I never gave her a reason to want to keep checking. So now she doesn't remember anything because it was never a message from that girl again sure. after that first week. And and sure. I think that's what I mean. So where me, I can remember when she eyeballed a dude that was driving by in a truck because it was the way she looked at him. I'm like, don't you remember? I dropped you off at the subway and you, I was talking to you and you were like, huh? <laughs> So, so I think uh, in terms of giving the reason, uh, yes. it seems, and and I don't know, I, I'm, I'm glad we're having the discussion because I think um, the part of our mansplaining we do as men, we do tend to generalize, which is fallacious, right? We generalize and we have to take it uh, on a case by case. Absolutely. No question. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, no doubt. Uh, so. to, to O's point, though, I think that I I try to be very vigilant when my partner brings something up and says babe whatever this kind of bothers me and i absolutely try to remember it and be mindful of not repeating whatever that might be i'm i don't have currently an example but that goes back to my point earlier we're a union we move together so i would want him to be completely comfortable and open and everything and vice versa right so um what suggestion yeah. would you give, um, Sasha, to that? Like to to being able to get, give us one uh, thing that you would say is key. I mean, obviously communication, right? But what? How do you? How do we help people, right? How do we give people a little tip or something anecdotal um, to assist them when those moments arise? Um. I don't know. I think you, I mean, A, you absolutely have to listen, pay attention and ultimately care, right? Like if, if it was something as simple as I want my partner to be healthy, yes. right? Then the choice is clear. You would, I don't know, whatever, nurse him or her to health. Sure. Um, no, but that cool. goes um, broader than that, right? If, if something is bothering them, then as someone who cares for their well-being, for them, they you want them to feel good about the relationship. So it's not yep. that difficult if you genuinely love the person and the life that you have with that person and you have the respect and appreciation for that. But it's not it's not that difficult. So you, know. you hit it on the head. You said care. I, I would definitely say that's one of the one of the key components, right? Carolyn, what would you do? You have one? Yeah, two actually, and very related to what Sasha was saying. I would say the first, assuming positive intent, and I feel that comes from a place of care, right? If the other person, like, they want the best for your relationship and the best for you, otherwise you wouldn't be together. So assuming that when they're communicating something that is sensitive or sometimes uncomfortable, 
Uh, I feel it's always important. And the second, which is kind of a cliche by now, but listening to understand and not to respond, I would say. Wow. Yeah, that would Very be... Good. Yeah, not yes. Thanks, Carol. That that was thank you. That's that. huge. I, that's huge. I I, I huge. want definitely to grow. Yeah. Uh, Chili Mose, you got you got one. Uh, what was it? One. Uh, what was the direct question again? One. Uh, what what one like? Yeah. To assist our listeners, what's the one thing in in terms of being able to uh, have a sensitive uh, have a conversation about a sensitive topic? What's the one thing you would say could assist um, our listeners um, in, in being able to do that inside of a relationship, whether it be uh, an intimate uh, one, relationship, personal, or even business? What's Give me one antidote that could you, you use, a technique. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, because I am such a talker, I try to just shut up. Uh, you know, everyone said listen, but I try to just shut up and wait at least a day, <laughs> uh, you know, and that helps me or, or not, not specifically a day more than I want to. So if we're having this conversation and maybe I don't agree, uh, generally, uh, you know, my wife would be right, like generally, or at, right. at least I see her right to the situation. So uh, just giving time. So I, I think um, giving time to time, it would be what I would say. Sure. What, what say you, Big O? They go keeping us in the know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, what I will say, the one thing that I would say to the listeners to help them in their communication style is that no matter what, you are always right. They are always wrong. No, let me stop. Um, uh, <laughs> you took a page out of my book. No, nah, what? Man. Right. No, no, no. The, uh, the real one is that um, monitor, monitor yourself, monitor yourself. Know when you are getting beyond the point of a healthy conversation and you are starting to physically feel um, uncomfortable. And then because once you've entered that state, it's hard to be constructive and be able to do all the other things. It's hard to be able to listen openly. It's hard to be able to be honest because now you are coming out of a place of a uh, of physical uncomfortableness that can be misconstrued as being threatened. Yeah. Right on. Wow. Listen, thank you all. That w- that was, that was awesome. Uh, Carol, will you come back and join us again? Of course. This is fun. All right. Thank you. Really appreciate your input and your involvement. Uh, nice. May, I ask, may I ask something? Yes. Yeah. Um, so going along, I want to know if anybody would be available to retouch on this subject with me uh, on an Instagram live, because that's going to be something we're going to start here shortly yeah. is to go just a little bit more in depth. If there's anything that you didn't get to say or maybe you think about after we've uh, done recorded this and you're like, I really wish I would have said this or that or maybe I've got some different thoughts. This would be an opportunity to hop on with me and we can dive into a little bit more uh yeah. Of the topic. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, once again, you've been listening to Talk It Over. Talk It Over is the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. And let's be clear, right? We're not subject matter experts, but we are merely sharing experiences. As a matter of fact, I always say, look, don't ask me nothing about dating and relationships because I'm bad at it. So with that said, thank you all once again. Thank you, Chili Most, for being on. Listen, are we going to have you on again? Will you come back and join us? Yeah, always. Just, uh, I, I love being on with you guys. So, yeah, you, you ladies. Thank you. 
as Big Sasha. We cool? We good, right? And you'll get yeah. punched in the face when I see you, right? So no, like, no. Oh, I'm gonna fly your head. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> no you. No violence. No, and none, none at all. Thank you for being on. Of course, Big O keeping you in the know. Thank you. Um, and to my other producers, Anna Banana, thank you for keeping us live and direct. Uh, our other co-producer, uh, Bumpy, our head engineer. And uh, once again, slow motion for me. Until the next time, I love y'all. Peace. next week.